0: Sonic. and i'm christian and this is episode two of voxels uh we are back uh this is as as we intended i think a two two week uh it's on a two week schedule uh every two weeks you we want to do an episode uh so here we are let's
1: uh and, and can i just say can i can i please just interject and say uh, I'm kind of happy we're not doing a tech podcast right now. I don't. I don't think I have it in me to go over any of the current discourses um, that are going on. Yeah, on let's, computers let's this not. Week. I had.
0: I wrote an entire blog post about uh, shit that's been happening. Uh, let's not go into it because I honestly I'm also tired of tech discourse. Seriously, I had trouble writing that blog post because I was like, I fucking hate technology. Uh, so. Let's talk about anime instead, which I definitely do not hate. Um, you tolerate. I tolerate <laughs> anime. Tolerate. Yes, I tolerate. Hashtag tolerate anime. Uh, so I, you have an anime that you really like. So let's, let's talk about something actually good. You know, something that we like. Uh,
1: so what's it? So, so we had the new season tier list last week. And I didn't add this show to it. Because this, so this has been an ongoing airing show. It's like at 20 episodes right now. So it's not a... Show new to the season, so I didn't qualify it for inclusion in what you know the season the anime pickup. Um, that was a mistake, that was that was a mistake. So, um, this show started airing like last season, I think. And the reason I got into this is like, uh, you know, Crunchyroll has their anime AI recommendations, or whatever bullshit it is, which is really just like probably some sorting list and math, right? It's probably like just some habit tracking algorithm thing and not anything that's AI related, but you know, companies be trying to do. Uh, get that funding nowadays. So I get it. I get it. Get the bag. But this show is called Furin Beyond's Journey End. And, bro, okay. So I'm going to just sell you on the premise of this. I don't even want to like go too deep into spoilers, but I think the premise of it it's, itself alone is, is intriguing enough to have a conversation on. So Furin is an elf. Her and four other, or two humans and one dwarf, go on a party for 10 years to kill the Demon King. In this world, Elves lived for hundreds of years. Humans live the regular human lifespan that we'd expect in our world. And the thing that makes this interesting is for her, 10 years went by in an instant because of how long she's lived. But for everyone else in the party, that was like their decade. And so the show picks up once they complete their journey and have defeated the Demon King and come back as heroes. And she just disappears. She's like, yeah, I'll see you guys in 50 years, I think. And then she comes back and like all of her friends are on their deathbed. And so the the premise of the show is her trying to reconnect with the people she knew for a decade, feeling guilty that she never connected with them while they were adventuring. Once they've all passed,
0: uh, so it's like dealing with like the guilt of like you know survivorship, like su- being the only one who survived, or like being yeah
1: yeah survivorship bias and all of that. And and it the way it tells storytelling, it's so well done. Piece if you maybe once or twice every episode or so get a flashback, but the way the flashbacks are done, it's not in a like um, forward narrative perspective where it is directly telling you something that's important to the story. It's always trying to show you. So I think a good ex- a good example. It's not super spoilery. Is so she eventually takes on an orphan, which is um, the adopted daughter of one of the people she went adventuring with, and that uh, orphan is a mage who's really good at hiding her power level, like how much mana she has, and. 15 episodes later, in a random flashback, the person who ends up adopting her mentions to Furin, hey, how do you hide your power so much? Because we know how strong you are, but you don't off-put the energy. And she, exp- and she just explains it. But that's like a little one-second scene in a completely different other flashback. But if you've been paying attention to the show, you can put one-on-one together and be like, oh, that's why the adopted kid can hide their power. Because she explained it to that person in that flashback that was about something different. And-, and that's how the story is told. This is a forward narrative, right, of like, her trying to re go through the hero's journey that they went through to you know see the revisit the places that she went for friends and try and reconnect with them once they've passed, but you know of course there's like things along the way and it is just told from that perspective and and that framing device and it is so so good.
0: I I, I feel like this is one of those concepts like it's it's like pretty hard to pull off like it's because you could make it like really kind of cliche and like kind of like. The memory stuff, especially like I don't know, like you could like do all the nostalgia stuff, which isn't as, as interesting. But uh, if it's trying to do like a more like thoughtful, like reflective, like look at like people's, I guess like the 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 relationship with death and like trauma and like also like memories and the stuff like that. Uh, yeah, that seems
1: interesting. I mean, there's a, there's another episode too where it, it it's a show where even on the episodes where nothing happens so much happens so there's one episode where the whole plan is she just wants to clean up a statue of one of her friends that someone built in a town it's a whole half hour dedicated to that which could be done really boring but it's it's more told from the perspective of the orphan girl she ends up adopting and they use her wondering why does this person want to clean the statue so much what does it mean to this person as a way for them to, to develop their own relationship with each other And it it is just listen. I have teared up many many times watching the show. It is a fantastic show. I I I think this is the only show that we have talked about that has like a
0: 4.9 rating on Crunchyroll, which suggests that this seems to be like widely widely liked. Uh, like it's like seems to be actually like actually good. Like
1: you know, (laughs) this is so. This is one of those where I don't think the Sometimes some shows are like this could only work with an anime. This could only work with that. This is a book, as a manga, with the way the story is told. It, you know, regardless of what format it's in, I feel like this is just great storytelling. This is just a a fantastic story. Um, and you know, if you, I know it's it's like twenty episodes in. It's probably gonna go to thirty six from what I read. It's kind of a long show, but um,
0: that's actually fine. That's actually preferable because I I can't really watch shows that don't have that many episodes. No, I mean. I can't really watch shows as they air. I just forget. Like I just I just don't have like a like my, I just forget to watch and that I that I leave it to the end of the season that I forget about the show entirely. So if there's actually like a bunch of episodes already, that means that I can actually get invested in the show and not forget. Uh which uh which is actually good for me.
1: Yeah. Um also the dub too. The dub on this show is listen I it is so. So I watched the first 18 episodes is dub only the last two are sub only right now they haven't gotten dubs out for them yet and the dub it is so well done the voice actress for Furin, i oh my god who is this i got i want to i want to give credit where the credits do let me stall for a minute Furin journeys
0: i am always like uh i think i I mean i'm whatever i used to watch anime like i used to be like strongly i mean not strong but like very much preferred watching subs, uh, which subs instead of uh, instead of dubs because uh, a lot of the time, like dubbed voice acting, is it like up to par? Like I feel like it was like you know missing, like the voice actors are missing like emotional con like stuff in the in their in their voice acting. Uh, but uh, I mean, the last time I can remember there was that watching like a good dub of an anime was uh, the original Full Metal Alchemist anime um i don't know if you've watched
1: really original not the not the remake i thought the remake was better
0: no not the not brotherhood
1: no like the original
0: full metal alchemist anime had like a really good dub. like i i, I if anybody else is in the audience uh is uh has watched that as the watched dub version of full metal alchemist uh you probably know what i'm talking about it was a really really good dub but that was the last dub i remember uh like a good dub. I think Naruto also had some good dubbing because it was like a really big anime.
1: Yeah. Upside so the name, though. So, this person is Mallory Rodak. And this is apparently like her first leading role, from what I can see. Like, she's done some other anime, like side characters. I've seen some of these shows. And she did a few characters in Borderlands 3. But I don't, I'm not seeing any like, uh, like protagonist. On this, um, some important side characters, but yeah, no voice voice acting is fantastic. Um, people are, it is. Listen, I you don't watch enough animated to, to know this is a problem, but I am sick of the amount of like fantasy shows where everyone has a baby voice. Like, no disrespect to people who have baby voices, but this is an elf that's been alive for like four, five hundred, six hundred years. They don't need to sound like a loli That's not how that works. Yeah, that's
0: yeah, that's I think that's uh, that's one of those anime tropes. Uh...
1: But yeah, so uh, watch this show. Um, this show's very good. Um, once again, I know it, convincing you to watch any anime is always a.: It's a difficult proposition. But, but this one has this, a better chance. Because the star so rating episodes. ain't wrong, and I there's no there's no there's no fan service. There's none of it. Every episode I've seen there's like so some of the kids are there some of the characters are kids right so they kind of like childish jokes about the in character you know right it's never anything that's like creepy or anything like that it is just it, it it is so good um i good show good show i'm very happy to see where it goes and this is probably one of the ones because i know it's probably going to end where like the manga picks up from here i will buy the books for it probably when it's done i would probably buy the buy the books but all right so um that is, that is my anime follow-up for more shows that people should watch. Now, I don't know if this is something people should watch, but people have been forced to, I feel, partake in.
0: I mean, wh- people, I mean watching is what I've done with this uh, because I don't want to play it. Uh, so we're we going to talk about, as everybody's talking about, uh, on every video game podcast, every video game article uh, These this past week or so has been about uh, a game called Pal World. You may have heard of it if you you know, follow video game news or discourse at all. Uh, so what is Pal World? <laughs> that's the
1: question first is and foremost. I, maybe the question first is why is Pal World? But I think we can start with what? So Pal World, Pal World, Pal World. Everyone has been saying it's Pokemon with guns because that's the marketing. There are... It, you i i i'm sure there are guns in this game but i have not run into any so basically take pokemon legends arceus a game you have not played minecraft a game you have played and ark survival vault a game i've played have you
0: played ark no i have i don't i'm not really a fan of survival games so i don't play them um but i know i'm i am aware of ark survival vault yeah uh but i've not played any games like ark or rust or like valheim or like those the sort of uh, very like survival oriented, where you have to like craft stuff and like you know like build a base or whatever, right? Uh, so I haven't
1: played them. No. Uh, well, so it, it mixes all three of those genres together, um, into one game. And here's the thing: with all the discourse, all the discourse aside about is it AI generated? Is it a ripoff? Should I simp for the company? You know, all, all that shit. Put that shit in the trash where it belongs, because the game's actually kind of fun. That that's the biggest problem. If you like that kind, if you like that genre of game, because you you spawn out, you have to do some base building, and then you capture these Pokemon, sorry, pals, and then you can have them do automation stuff for your bases, right? You can have them like build resources, all of that. So, there, is there a commentary? And I think the game pokes fun at it. Like, there's totally a commentary on like how Pokemon probably is some form of slavery, uh, especially because every character in the game has like a sanity level, it, depending on how much you work them. So there are. I think that the game designers are aware of, of what they're poking at with this, but it is still like a fun survival game. And, um, and I don't, I don't go too hard on those. Like I think Cotto was saying it, Remap Radio, same thing. Cause like I'm sort of similar with these, the first five hours where you initially get shit started is usually the most fun of any Minecraft like game. And then afterwards it just becomes a chore. And that's where this falls into, but that, that's the genre. Some people, it some people live for the chore shit, right? Some people live for like those routines and all that.
0: I I kind of, like, I, I don't play survival games, but it sort of reminds me of playing, like, Animal Crossing, Um, because Animal Crossing has this, like, say similar, I mean, it's not, Animal Crossing is not a survival game, but it has this, like, similar loop, right, like, where you're, like, doing these tasks, like, you're not crafting, I mean, you're kind of crafting, but, like, you're building these small goals to build a bigger thing, right, and, like, like, survival games kind of have that, right? Like, you're, you're doing small tasks to, like, towards, like, a bigger, bigger goal, right? And Animal Crossing works, like, the first, like, I don't know, like, 30 hours of Animal Crossing New Horizons, like, like, really, really worked. Like, I, like, it was just, it was great. Like, just be in the loop doing the thing, but then you get bored. Like, I got bored anyway. Um, so, that's the problem I have with this, like, sort of genre. Well, it's
1: also more of a social game, too, because this does have, um, dedicated servers is working on building but right now it's like eight people co-op on console i think it's more on on uh pc and, and and that works so much better because i think this is a fun like hey i have nothing to do let's hang out in a discord room and just fuck around in power world kind of get, like thing right
0: yeah that's that's yeah that's i mean that's what survival games are fun for really like stuff like valheim is really popular for that like you know it's it's a good hangout game it's like a good like you know uh Though know, you can hang out with your friends and build some shit, and that's it. Like, it's like Minecraft, and you know? Minecraft works for that as well. So, uh, and I'm, and I, and all the discourse is just, I, I I'll say this. Uh, I know we like, like, I, I don't really want to get too deep into the discourse because honestly, a lot of it is just so mind boggling idiotic. But like, it's this, this game is like, uh, I think the discourse is just silly like i I don't understand that people don't need to simp for the pokemon company like you don't like you don't need to be like copyright police for for the Pokemon company. they can do that themselves uh, like that stuff is just it's
1: very funny uh, to me that people are like, you know who we need to defend the innocent folks at Nintendo they never go after anyone, they never go after anyone. <laughs>
0: If they're gonna file a lawsuit or or something, they can do it. They they can they 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 are aware this exists. They're not. If
1: you look at any video game company, right, I think Nintendo's legal department is probably the most well financed. Yeah,
0: and they are very very aggressive. Uh, so the fact that they haven't like done anything about this game, I think suggests that they they won't like they don't care. Like if they just don't see it.
1: Well, and the thing too about these kind of lawsuits is right is you have to prove. Firstly, it's like a copyright infringement, a ripoff or whatever, and that it has harm. And there's a downside of every copyright lawsuit is, what if the judge says, no, it is not? You open the door to other shit. That, I feel like that's the, that is probably why they haven't gone after them yet.
0: And Nintendo probably also sees like a PR nightmare. Like, you know, if you, if you do a lawsuit against this game, this game is so massively popular that attacking it will just cause it, like, like people will not be happy with the Ditto, you know. Like it'll cause like a PR. It's a PR problem. Like it's a PR disaster. If you just you just let the slide, like you just be like, "This is fine." I mean, I don't think it's copyright or trademark infringement. I think like what what I've seen of like the, like the quote unquote pals in the game, right? The creatures, like they are legally distinct from from actual Pokemon designs.
1: So I, I mean, it's it's a ripoff, obviously, but it's like, who cares? But like at the same time, like um, Drake ripped off the whole continent of Africa for his musical style, and no one seemed to care. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> um, yeah, that's well, that's another can of worms. He uh, ain't Jamaican. Can... Why he talking like that? No one in Toronto talks like that. I know people from Toronto. That's uh, uh some people. In tr- well, except for those who immigrated from try to talk obviously, like they yes. have immigrated uh, from, uh, but but not the white boys in in that part of the city. Yeah.
0: Um, all right, uh, let's let's stop there before we like have like an entire discourse about.
1: But yeah, Drake. Power Worlds a good game. Uh, Power Worlds a good game. Um, I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm curious. So everyone's talking about it, is this like a short burst or is it a long tail? I'm curious to see how it blows up on Twitch and that. Because I know right now it's a game that a lot of people are playing, but I don't know like. Um, I I
0: think what it will ha- I I think what will happen with this is what happened with Valheim is that. It's going to have this short burst of, like, extreme popularity, but it's going to, like, it's going to go down a bit, like, but there's still going to be, like, a dedicated group of, like, people who are, like, hardcore into this game and, like, playing this game. It's going to have, like, a community, right? So, it's not going to be as popular. Like, I don't think it's going to become Minecraft, but, like, it's going to have, like, a following. Uh, I think that's, that's what's going to happen. Um, so, uh which is fine, uh good for them, i guess uh, and do we have i think we can definitely prove like the uh, any of the assets are were were generated using uh, uh
1: who cares who ca- okay listen i okay, i don't god fucking damn it okay, here's i'm, I'm getting am myself five minutes, max to talk about this. this is this game of a small studio who's on a shoestring budget, who probably is mostly financed by the Game Pass deal. Okay? From what I can tell, there's not VC money going into this. And I didn't, you know, to be clear, there could be VC money going into it, but it's 2024. There's no VC money around right now. It's like no one, AZ, whatever, is not funding Pokemon ripoffs. So, So, with that in mind, even if they did or did not use Mid Journey or any other AI generator, who cares? They're not ripping off independent artists, nor are they a company that can afford to finance a full art team, even if, you know, with how expensive games are to make right now. So what I'm saying with that is, is AI art is normally not great, but it depends on who's using the tool and for what purpose. Now, once they've had all this drama, like, hey, I imagine too, a lot of the new pals that come in through updates are probably gonna be far less legally distinct from Pokemon and be far more unique just because the amount of backlash they've gotten. But whether it is or is not, ultimately does not matter because this is not like Square Enix uh, using AI art for album covers and star. This is not like Ubisoft like getting rid of their whole art team. You know, if they, I don't know if they did, but you know, like if they were to like, say, say, for example, a company like Ubisoft got rid of the whole art team and replaced it with just an AI art generator. These are, there's, there's levels to this, and that is my, my, my final take on most of the AI discourse is it is a thing. It is a thing. It depends on how the thing is used. It is it, like you. We have Mastodon servers that have abhorrent content, and we have Mastodon servers that have strict guidelines. Mastodon itself is not the tool; it's the moderation. It's everything around it. It's the human aspect of it. And I, I don't want to like
0: open this uh, Pandora's box even further because that becomes we become a tech podcast, and that's not weird. This, this is not going to happen. We're not. We're not going to do that. Uh, this is not the podcast for it. If you if you want me to write a blog post about AI shit, please add me uh and because i've been thinking about it but i just haven't bothered with it so you know tell me if you want that but anyways uh next thing next thing is i have not heard anything about this this is a completely uh i've not watched this video i've not i've not heard anything about this uh murder this is like a video by uh the youtube channel uh the folks over at people make games uh about murder murder games like uh like what we call
1: it like uh not juventia it's a, it's a, so it's like a tabletop game um you know critical role a lot of stuff popular in the west uh you know um white people cultures i like to call it just i'm kidding there there are a lot of i am po- please anyone who is black or brown who loves tabletop games i respect what you, are you talking but i open about? up but i open up critical role i open up all <laughs> these you, switch streams and it's just you, a bunch of white people. do you know folks.
0: the podcast <laughs> friends at the table bro like uh. Austin Walker shout out.
1: Uh, you know, i actually don't know what friends the table is actually. No.
0: Okay, it's it's a it's a play podcast. It's it's like a it's a role play. I think D&D. Not I don't know if it's D&D or not, but uh, you know, it's it's a real play Well, podcast. the real time
1: uh, follow up, I was proven wrong and I just need to stop watching <laughs> the big YouTube tabletop channels.
0: Yeah, the no, cricket and roll is definitely the biggest one. That's uh, that's for sure. Yes, cricket and roll is massive. Uh, but, but
1: yeah, uh, so this is um same style of like you know tabletop games, and it's a uh, genre that's popular in China. It's like brought branched out to Singapore. Um, so link we have in the show notes. Um, which you can always find at voxels.fm is a people make games video, um, complete aside, but everyone should if you have not seen the Palestinian game developers video that they put out like a month ago. Fantastic video worth the entire half hour watch. Explains a lot of nuance on a unnuanced situation, or, or rather a situation that people don't speak with much nuance on. Um, and so what this game sort of is, it's uh, six people in a room, there's a game master, and they're basically spinning a murder tale. So you're handed information, right? that you have to yourself and the character you're supposed to be playing and it's basically like a whodunit murder mystery where someone dies and then as the game progresses right the game master only steps if needs be just is there to move the story along you people have to question each other talk to each other and figure out who actually committed the murder which um is great like people I feel I feel like there is not enough at least in the west right experiences for tabletop content where you can just go out to a place and like meet random people and like you know have a game. Like I i don't you know down here in Florida, I don't know of any. I don't know if you know any Toronto. Like places where you go and they do like D like they have game escape rooms. That I've seen, but not anywhere it's like, hey yeah, like I'm gonna go down here, you know, get some food and you know, sure, let's do like a quick campaign of like this short DD session or whatever.
0: I think that does exist. It depends on where you are. Uh I think Toronto has stuff like this, but also I'm not a tabletop uh r p g person so if anybody if anybody is in our audience and has experience with this kind of like you know in person at a, at like a board a board game shop uh usually board game shops usually sometimes do these kind of things uh there are like cafes and and stuff like that that, that do this kind of thing. i know there's at least one in Toronto that does it so uh if you're aware uh you know please let us know please let, send us links uh because I'd love to know uh but yeah, this seems this seems fun. This this seems interesting because I'll be honest, I don't really care about D and D. This is this is not too, like. I'm not saying that in like a like a rude or like anything. Like I don't think D and D is bad. Like I don't have a strong anything strong opinion on D and D. Is that?
1: Well, no, I feel like it's one of those things where it, it depends on the session you have. You know, like like it's just a thing. It's it's just like a survival game. It's just (laughs) survival survival games are way more fun when you're having fun with friends, and I imagine D and D session when you're having like a really engaging narrative is the exact same thing.
0: Uh, D and D is like is 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 a social game, right? Like it's essentially a very social game, right? So it's like it it really depends on like who you're playing with and what like how you're playing, um, like you know your group or your game master and and all that. So my only real experience with D and D is through Baldur's Gate three, which uh, admittedly. It, it's a it was a really good time but it, i don't know it replicates like the uh like experience of playing D, uh the tabletop version uh with the group uh so as i mean as well as like the video game can like you know so i don't know um uh, i'm i've never done tabletop rpgs in person um or in online even like with other people so i I'm, I, I don't know if I will ever do that, but you know it's it's cool that these things exist. Uh,
1: yeah, and as well, the people who uh, make games video goes more in depth into um, this, but it is also a really good conversation there about how like a lot of these don't have content warnings because it um, just oh, what's the way to say this. So it's not that having trigger warnings and content warnings in games are something that more or less like is a Western thing, but more or less Western developers and people. Um, I can speak for north america i really don't know how the culture is on that in in europe like i mean mastodon i see people all the time talk about content warnings and that but i mean the mastodon is not representative of all of europe um sorry to the french but um for for us at least you know north north america and, and in parts of south america it's been a lot more common nowadays for games coming out of here to have content warnings trigger warnings um even modes like uh, uh what is that one by obsidian the grounded they have that uh, arachnophobia mode, right? Where you can turn off all the spiders and turn them into purple blobs. So there, there's a bigger push for that here. But the, um, this, a lot of these games, a lot of the mysteries, uh, a lot of them tend to also have a murder. But then there's always at least one assault in the game. And, and it doesn't, there's no warnings for it. So this sort of uh, talks about how it's not great You know, if you're doing a session with someone who that's a trigger for them. And then they just, uh, oh yeah. By the way, you're about to get assaulted, and it's like, ah, that's not good, not good at all. So, uh,
0: uh, Laura Laura K., Laura K Dale Laura K Buzz, uh, some of you might know already. Uh, her, uh, she has like this video series that she does on YouTube called Access uh, Accessibility, uh, which is like uh, talking about video games and uh, like uh, accessibility. And she did a video uh, a couple weeks ago uh, about PTSD and, and PTSD and like gaming accessibility and like the use of content warnings. So I just wanted to mention that out here because we we talked we talked about content warnings and it's a very good discussion. I'll, I'll like it'll be in the show notes because I think it's a good video. Uh, people should watch it. Uh, Laura makes good videos. Uh, people should go subscribe to her stuff. But yeah, it's you know it's a it's a complex discussion because uh, even in uh, quote unquote, Western video game, uh, content warnings are fairly new and they're not like a lot of games will have content warnings, but they're like not specific or not in the right place, or you know, it's starting to become more popular, especially, uh, with smaller games, um, and with, with even with AAA games, like I try to do content warnings and like trigger warnings and stuff like that more better like be, like better use of them um uh, so that's a good discussion uh so that's uh i mean i want to i'll watch the video i'll watch the video i put the people make games video on my youtube watch list so i'll i'll, I'll get it around to it's 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 a, it's a i'll watch it uh
1: i should say last thing i want to touch on before you go on to the next thing is um out of all the uses for vr there's before i sold my quest there's one game i you need someone else if VR to try it out but it's like a uh virtual reality style D&D game where it's meant to be ran tabletop but you it immerses you in the environment because you know you have your headset on i feel like i it is so like so much privilege and money involved in like getting a session for that but I feel like having like a five or six person, six person session would be rad. Yeah,
0: like you have to have like, so yeah, you have that, That's like so many headsets that you have to buy. Like that's that's like, that's like uh, like what like six thousand dollars worth of headsets or whatever. Like I don't know.
1: Well, this will let you play it over the internet though, so you could like have you know play it remotely. It didn't have to be done, um, through the actual um, you know, in a room. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm just like, damn. If we could have, if I could have a a game like that in a world where like vision pros, like vision headsets and quests are like far more affordable to have one where like most of your friends have one and you can have a full tabletop session going remotely or everyone's immersed like that, that that's the kind of shit where like, I'm like, yeah, I can, it's like, it's like, it's like VR chat, but like,
0: like have like less horny, less (laughs) horny, maybe less horny, maybe less horny. You never know. Um, so let's, let's talk about another video game. Um, like a Dragon Infinite Wealth uh which came out earlier uh earlier this week. Uh at well by the time you listen to this it'd be like the previous week but Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth is is like is, is a sequel to uh Yakuza, Yakuza Like a Dragon uh which is i uh, I don't know how to say the studio's full name it's RGG I'm not going to say I feel like I'm going to butcher the Japanese pronunciation so I'm just going to say RGG uh rgd they make uh people who are familiar with the yakuza games yakuza zero probably the biggest one that i think people should play this one is in the style of uh a jrpg so you play as uh ichiban uh he's the main character ichiban kasuga and you play with uh, a a party right like you have a jrpg style party like it's like a turn-based uh Game or the, the the combat is turn based rather uh and you know you you have a narrative it, it, it's, it's a long ass game, it has all the yakuza stuff of like little mini games you know karaoke and like leveling up you have like the you know, RPG stuff like friendship quests you know like uh, your every every person in your party has like a has like a quest that, you can do for them and you know you build like a relationship and stuff like that so it has all the rpg stuff it's really really fucking good i i love the i love i love the alex of like dragon it was one of the best games uh, uh best rpgs i've ever played honestly it's it's, it's really really solid as far as i'm not like a huge grpg person uh but i am a big fan of of the style of grpg and especially the, Specifically, the way uh, RGG writes characters and narratives is, I find really, really good and really, really well done. And this is just like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. I played. I started yesterday. I played about eight hours of it so far, uh I barely started. Honestly, uh, eight hours is not that long in this game. Uh, like, it does, not much happens in eight hours. It's, 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 it's incredible. But yeah, it's it's like an iterative uh, improvement on on the previous game. RG just sort of builds builds on top of like what what was good about the previous game. It sort of you know just makes everything a little bit better and more interesting. The uh, we have a new locale. We are in for the first time in in this game in this series in like the Yakuza slash like a Dragon series' is history. We are in America. We are in Hawaii specifically, um, and which is an interesting place to be. It's it's. I, I, this is not a huge spoiler because this happens like the first like few hours of the game. One of the big first things that happens to you in America is that you get you get framed by a dirty cop, and I think that's I think RGG understands American culture just fine. Uh, that's that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> like the first thing that happens to you is like you know an American cop fucks you over. You know that's uh, that's yeah that shit that's just that sounds like America to me. Yeah, um, so you know good shit
1: hell yeah brother yeah it's
0: a, it's it's good it's a good I, I mean i'm only eight hours in but i'm sure i'm gonna by the time i'm done with this i'm it's gonna take me like a full month to play because it's gonna be a long ass game but uh i'm enjoying it it's been good so far rock paper shotgun has a review of it i'm sure there's other reviews but so far it's uh i'm i'm really enjoying it have you played any of the yakuza or like a dragon
1: games uh so actually that that's what i was gonna um, sort of where i wanted to come in this conversation is so i've played parts of the brawler ones not i have not beaten them when they're on game pass i played a few of yakuza 0 i think um i didn't and never beat it though but my question for you here is was the switch to because it seems like now all of the mainline games are going to be they're going to be tur- turn based? do you think that was the right move to make because it was just like free brawler run around beforehand
0: yeah So. Personally, my opinion on this is: I find like the brawler stuff is fun, but personally, uh, I I prefer the RPG style like the RPG style turn-based combat. I, I I didn't used to be a big fan of RPG like turn-based combat, but like the way this game does the combat is really really interesting. Like the the sort of the way the systems are designed, like the status effects and how they they improve that system in the in Infinite Wealth and like how you can like sort of chain chain attacks between between people in your party and like your positioning is important and like all that kind of stuff. Uh I find it personally far more interesting uh than the brawler style combat in, in the previous previous in, in like the mainline Yakuza games. Um and I'm not that I don't I don't like those, but like if this is I feel a more enjoyable experience. Uh and it, it keeps getting it, it stays interesting throughout the game which is one thing one of those things is like the brawler combat is fun but it's like very like once you once you play like yakuza 0 like or if you have the yakuza yakuza kiyomi 1 yakuza kiyomi 2 you guys sort of get sort of bored of, of the combat after a while because because it's very repetitive especially when the game throws like repetitive waves of enemies at you you're just like ah oh, man, let's get this shit over with right uh so this i this i think Feels more like a tactics game in in that way. Like you have to think about combat more tactically. Like when do you when do you use guard? When do you use an item? Like uh, like you and the turn based order. Like who's going? Which enemy is gonna is gonna attack you next? Right. So you can like sort of like manage have this tactics layer to it, which is I find super interesting, and it makes fights more dynamic and you know uh, just more fun. Uh, Sort of like a bit of XCOM style style like gameplay going at which which makes things just more overall just more interesting and more dynamic throughout the game um so you know that's that's my take on whether it's, it's good or like the rpg stuff is but yeah
1: no i get that yeah that makes sense um i have another question too because um, i heard heard good things about this have you gone to the dating mini game yet
0: um i have not uh still pretty early that stuff i don't think uh, unlocks until a little bit later so i am i'm curious how that uh, yeah, there's a lot of mini games. Yakuzas' big thing is is Yakuzas slash Like a Dragon. It's like the big thing is mini games. There's so many fucking mini games, and honestly, I've never engaged with a lot of the mini games. But I did engage with like the real estate mini game in the previous game. So I'll expect there to be at least one of the mini games in this one that I'll engage with. I I, I tend to prefer like straight up narrative stuff, uh, personally, but. Uh I'll see. I haven't I haven't really engaged the mini the mini game stuff isn't really introduced to you yet. Uh the game is still doing the early the like we're in, like chapter three and it's doing still doing like some introductory stuff, which is uh which is why I haven't engaged with, uh, in the mini games yet. Uh so we'll see. We'll see if I what I think of this in like a month, <laughs> like in you know, like next month ask me how I'm feeling about this game. So uh that's probably my
1: Yeah, we'll totally follow up on it. Um but yeah, so next up we got the books corner. We got books corner. I'm excited. I'm excited for this. <laughs> I'm I will not talk about the light novels and manga I read in public. So this is all you.
0: <laughs> okay, oh, that's fair. Um, so I've read. Uh, I'm back into reading in in a real way. I'm I'm trying to read more always. So I, uh, I'm I'm doing like at least one book a month. But I'm, i i I can do more than that. So I've I've read four four books. Uh, in January, uh, starting off with uh, the reading list by uh, Sarah Nisha Adams. I I picked this up on this. I I saw this on uh, I think on the on the uh, Kobo ebook store on sale at some, in like December, I think. Um, and I picked it up. I I I, said, I thought the premise was interesting, so I was like, you know, it was like three dollars or whatever. I was like, sure, uh, I'll buy it. Um, uh, so I bought it uh it is it is really nice and heartwarming it's this like sort of uh contemporary fiction uh about like sort of the importance of libraries as centers of community and like how books and and libraries can like sort of build community uh, and it's about these two characters uh who, who both have like a lot of problems in their lives and like are trying to deal with that and like so they use these different books you know to sort of understand their own reality uh and it's it's really I think really well done and heartwarming and it's also like it doesn't like it, it's not like a it's like sorry it doesn't use like books as like magic or it's like oh your books are gonna solve all your problems but it's like more realistic like you know it's 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 a nice it's a nice cozy uh maybe not cozy but it's it's a nicer sort of reflective like you know read um I think it's it's pretty good uh worth the uh, worth the uh, worth your time for sure uh uh, next next two books are both in the same series. I read two books by uh, Heather Fawcett. Uh, I read uh, the first book of the series, uh, the Emily Emily Wild series, which is which is the series here. Uh, Emily Wild's Encyclopedia of Fairies, uh, and this is a fantasy fantasy novel, uh, sort of historical fantasy. I'd say more more than I think, and also it's about it uses a lot of uh lore about fairies uh fae um and it does it really really well the author really did her research when it comes to like you know fairy mythology and like it makes good use of fairy mythology in a way that i haven't seen in a, in a while honestly it's some of the best use of mythology uh, like that specific mythology like uh and it's it's really really well that the characters are, very, uh, very fun, and the book is genuinely quite funny in some places, and heartwarming and charming. The characters. There's a there's a romance subplot, and I didn't hate it. Uh, it which is, uh, and I, in fact, I really like the romance subplot. I think it's for a lot of. Uh, sl- small aside, small mini mini rant is that a lot of fantasy, especially YA young adult fantasy, has have these like romance side plots and they're bad. Like, a lot of them are bad. Like, it's like, it's like, they're just like kind of in there just for the sake. It's like a genre trope at this point. And it's like, can we not do like a shitty romance plot that's kind of boring? Like, but this, this one like really does sort of build the romance well and, and it t- treats it like a important part of the narrative. Um, And so, you know, uh, I read Encyclopedia of Fairies, which is the first book. And I also read the second book of the series, which came out actually the after the week after I read the first book which was you know great timing um emily wilde's map of the other rounds it's just same a lot of the same stuff uh happening in a different location and we added some new characters and interactions are still fucking really fucking good mm-hmm. so if you're looking for uh, a new fantasy series to read uh it's not complete uh i think there's going to be a third book uh yeah there's going to be a third book in the series uh the author has indeed confirm that uh but if you're looking for a new fantasy series to dig into uh the Emily Wild really good shit Heather fawcett did good work out uh, here uh last book uh uh this is the second book in the in Becky Chambers uh Wayfarers series i read the first book in uh in 2022 when i was doing my reading challenge that year where i did like one book a book a week uh Close to Common Arborit is the second book of the series. And honestly, this shit, this shit is the straight up the best sci-fi out here right now. Like, no, it, I don't think anybody's writing sci-fi as well as Becky Chambers is right now. It's straight up some of the most humane, most of the some of the most compassionate and well written like sci-fi uh, stories that I've I've read in a long time. Uh, very much worth it. Just start with the first book and you know, go from there. And it's it's really really well written. Uh, I, I highly recommend it honestly i i read this book i could have read this book in one day if i didn't have to like stop and like do other stuff because it's just a very very i just devour this shit like i read the first book in a single day uh went out in, in 2022 because i was just like this shit is so good so yeah uh those are the four books i've read uh really really good shit uh i i'm not I, i'll actually be continuing with the wayfarers uh series uh Next week, uh when I uh, when I start another one. So you know, I'm I'm gonna continue that and then move on to something else. Uh so that's my book's corner. Uh
1: and I would like manga and light novel recommendations that would not make me shameful to post them on the internet. So if you if you have read any good light novels um that are not animes, actually, like to the, the listeners too, if y'all have read any light novels that are like not animes, like you know, some interesting shit that's being translated, like I'm more than happy to pick it up um at me. Um but I have I have one other thing I actually want to bring up. It's on our notes. I want to end this with an album recommendation. We don't talk much about the album, but I think, you know, giving weekly recommendations for media might, might, be, might be a cool thing. So let me just call this, let me just, as I stall to pull up this Bandcamp link, I'm going to type in media recommendations. So um, I've probably sent you all of this dude stuff. He's on Stone's Throw. Not Knowledge, but another artist called Mind Design. And there's a beat tape that came out last year called Snacks with Three X's. And um, it's a fire beat tape. I think everyone should, should check this out. It's uh, good. It's on all the streaming services. Bandcamp link, of course, though, because that gives the artist the most amount of money but um yeah no i was fucking with this really hard last year and i don't feel like enough people have um checked it out uh, yeah
0: mind mind sign is kind of like one of those like i feel like knowledge is i mean I, more people know knowledge i think than mindset but like
1: knowledge. piece of the anderson pack collab yeah
0: yeah because of the anderson pack collab more people know knowledge but you know there's a whole community of like you know B tape makers out there and a lot of them are on Bandcamp. so you know you might want to you might want to g-
1: doesn't the Alchemist have like a subscription service for beats? Am I making this uh, up? I I think you're making that up. I don't think that exists. <laughs> I don't think that exists. No, 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 no. The Alchemist does. The Alchemist has like some kind of direct consumer shit. I yeah, he has a website where you
0: can buy his music directly, but I don't think he has like uh, on like a like a store where you can buy like beats from it. But uh, the Alchemist has like a direct consumer. Sh- he-
1: Oh yeah, Alec Records. Yeah, you could buy all of the. Uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I I was making some of it up and all of it up, and that's what's in, that's what's important. Yeah, I music wise. Uh... Oh, he sells drum and sample kits. That's it. You can buy like production tools. That's what I was thinking of. Yes, yeah, so you could buy his uh, his actual music, but you could also buy um, drum kits. Yeah,
0: oh, that's cool. Um, I i have not I mean I, I listened to uh i don't know if i would recommend it I'd re- I listen to the new benny the butcher album uh which which came out uh this this friday as we record this uh and i'm i don't know if you felt this i i am a like i guess i call me a benny the butcher fan um but uh this latest album called everybody can't go like Production wise, honestly, incredible. Like, this is an incredible production. There's some Alchemist meets in here. Hit Boy did a lot of it. Uh, and it sounds good. But lyrically, I felt a little bit, it's like a little bit hollow. I don't know. Uh, like, I don't know how you, what you thought of that. But uh, I felt it was a weaker album than Town Attack 4, which was the album for this.
1: Uh, okay. So, so, my thing about Griselda Records is you, you engage with them like you engage with wine, not often and in short bursts. Okay, <laughs> I I enjoy a lot of Griselda records, but I'm not like it. it there's such there's there's such a thing as too much West Side Gun, too much Benny the Butcher, and I feel like this one here is one where the Little Wayne song was good, but a couple of them it's just like it, it. They sometimes fall into tropes in their music, like lyrically and and musically, and not all projects. Like I, I think I engage them in a way where each album. Has one or two songs to keep on rotation, but I usually don't fuck with the rest of it.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think Benny the Butcher especially is has fallen in a bit of a bit of a, I guess like you know, lane of his own, like where he's, I feel like he's making the same music over and over again. Which, uh, which I, I mean, that's that's a thing artists do, and there's a market for it, and there's an audience for it. But you know, I feel a little bored, I suppose, in some of the music nowadays, like. Um, and I've never liked West Side Gun. My hot take is like West Side Gun is just straight up really annoying. Um, I find his fucking ad-libs and whatever. The
1: f- bro, bro, you are you are stepping in dangerous territory. I will go to Toronto right now, sir. Bro, don't don't even don't don't even.
0: <laughs> and uh and
1: i i I don't want to ever hear a conductor we've got a problem ever again uh conductor is the hardest tag in all of hip-hop i am not taking this slander listen that no that that should go hard we just hear him start screaming out conductor we have a problem i think i think my problem with the tag
0: is that if it gets overused i think it gets annoying and that's 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 all i'll say i don't think it's like inherently
1: i I i'm afraid to ask you this question but i have to gangster girl dj drama yes or no for not being annoying
0: not annoying i find it actually kind of hype honestly i i that's one of my well, i like that producer tag i like like a metro like same league as metro booming uh producer tags so uh you know producer tags are one of those things like it could be really annoying and, or really bad but i think I think at least with conductor um his his producer tag it's funny, but I think there was this one album where every track had the producer tag on it multiple times, and I swear to god it drove me fucking bananas so uh that's that's why I kind of hate it now uh but uh you know no disrespect uh shout out shout out to conductor but uh what is there anything else we wanna musically i think uh I've been listening to a lot of radio, actually. Uh K E X B shout out. Uh, Seattle's uh Seattle's radio station. Uh so because they they have like an all What? Yeah. I'm sorry,
1: what? No what the
0: fuck? What? No, no, I'm I'm not even <laughs> messing with you right now. What, you, what like what, like you think I'm joking? No. I'm not. I'm not making this up. KXP. Uh, the, the, you can stream it online. That's why. No, I've I'm aware
1: you can stream it online. actually. this is like when I come to use with a Toronto Star article. It's just like what? <laughs> you no, know, they're they're. Uh, it's. I think KXP is
0: not like a lot of other FM radio stations. It is a lot more. I mean, first of all, there's a lot l- fewer ads there are that are on rate others, and it's like very much like very listener funded, right? Like a lot of lot of it. They're sort of. Funding comes from direct donations and funding. Um, so they're like they have a like a DJ, like the you know, rotating cast of people who 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 sort of you know actively maintain like the music throughout the day, and it's it's really really good. I I highly recommend if you need something, if you are stuck in like some sort of musical rut, like you're like I don't know what what new music I, I don't know uh, I'm kind of listening to the same shit over and over again. Just put on the KXP stream. Uh, I I listen to it throughout the day. Honestly, it's it's kind of it's kind of good. I've discovered a bunch of new shit uh, through it. So uh, you know, uh, I'll, list, I'll I'll link a playlist that I put together, which which of stuff that I've discovered through KEXP. So uh, in the show notes. So if people wanna if people wanna listen to it. Uh, so that's my musical thing. Uh, so that's a that's a good place to wrap up. I think. Uh, is there is there anything else that we want to uh, we want to mention? We want to shut up before we go.
1: Uh, um if you have any um AI hot takes, please send them to uh, feedback at voxels.fm.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean that will come to both of us, but specifically I'm I'm the one interested in your in your hot takes, actually. So
1: Oh, I'm sure that there's not many people who agree with my whole it depends on how you use AI. I I positive on that. I mean to be clear, I will admit, you know, here's my disclosure. I use a whisper model or open I don't know what hush uses, Hush uses one of the open AI models to process the files cause it makes it a lot easier. And um, I don't want to do that manually. <laughs> I'm not paying someone to do the work. I would be doing it myself. I mean, is it, do, you,
0: do, you, do you not use uh, it, for the transcripts? Is that for the transcripts?
1: Both. I use Hush to uh, remove background noise. I mean, Hush, is on, Hush is not open AI. Hush is like a local model.
0: Like it's, it's like-
1: It's, it's an a- open AI model, ran locally. And Whisper, the, so I use a transcription app as well. It uses the Whisper model ran locally. These are both using open AI models. Yeah. Okay.
0: I didn't, I did not know what model they were using. I thought it was like, yeah, they're
1: using, I don't know if it was whisper or hush is using another one, but I believe they're both like either open AI ones. All right.
0: Let's, let's, let's wrap up this before we talk about AI models. Um, so, uh, as always, uh, you can find us on voxels.fm. Uh, you can find all the show notes, you know, all the, all the links and everything. Uh, you can find me uh, on Mastodon at packetget at ten forwardsocial and on my website, sadiksave and my blog notrouter.space Please go read my blog. Uh, put it in your RSS feed reader, as as the as the kids say. Uh, question: Where do people where do people find you on the world wide web?
1: Uh, yeah, you could um find me on Mastodon uh, posting about the twenty fifth. 25th- 20th sorry anniversary of mad villainy just coming up next month could be a fun episode when that happens march uh 3rd march 20 something 2004 is when it came out so we're coming up with 20 years of mad villainy there will be a whole episode dedicated to that i'm sorry in advance but um at fi carrots at mastodon plus which is spelled mstdn because vowels are expensive and domain registrars and you can also find me on my website chose to find dot website but yeah until next time um i hope we can still stay friends despite my my opinions and bye
0: yeah Good, goodbye.